Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen, and we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Renee Rapp is one of those performers who can do it all. In 2019, she made her Broadway debut as Regina George in Mean Girls. So she's uh, reprising that role in a new Mean Girls musical movie, which is out next year. A Mean Girls musical movie is a movie version of a musical that was a musical version of a movie. Freaky. Renee also starred in Mindy Kaling's HBO series, The Sex Lives of College Girls. But... There's an easy path for Renee Rapp, right? She becomes a Broadway star. She's already on the way. She becomes a a movie and TV star. She's already on the way. Nah, no, no. She's always wanted to be a pop star, and she's willing to turn down all opportunities that come her way to make that dream happen. Renee Rapp's first full-length album is called Snow Angel. She's one of these artists that we're really excited to have on cue and is blowing up on TikTok and on Instagram and and. Maybe on Twitter, formerly, maybe on X. Here's Renee Rapp's conversation with Q guest host, Talia Schlanger. Congrats on your debut album. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks. Killer voice. <laughs> Thanks. You're Thank welcome. You. Have you, has you born this way? Have you always been a singer? Yeah. Yep. I was always singing. I was always singing. I was always just making up and writing songs. It's never been like a thought. It's just always there. Since you were a little kid, yeah. Was you? Did you grow up in a musical family, or was that just in you? Um, I mean, my parents are both very good singers, and my granddad, who I never met on my dad's side, who I like weirdly feel very close to, like owned a music store, and so like my dad can play a bunch of instruments and knows a lot about a lot. Um, my mom is a great pianist, but it was never like a thing. Like they went into business and finance, so you know it wasn't exactly a musical household, but they're definitely gifted. How early was it that you stated your ambition to be a pop star? Like two and a half. Yeah? Yeah, like two and a half. What do you think, what what did you think at two and a half that that meant? I don't remember thinking anything. I just see videos of it now. Okay. Of me just like performing on like coffee tables with like a guitar and shredding. Like that was literally it. It It was never a thought. I only know because I just see videos of it. It's amazing, kind yeah. of when there's no other option, right? Like you're just born into what you're totally. meant to do. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe this would be a dumb question because you're saying that you didn't even think about it, but did your parents think about it? Like if they went into business, you know, did they have any thoughts about what your ambitions were? Or were they supportive from, from the get-go um, too? I mean, they were they were always really supportive. I think like I was very lucky to have parents that would like pick me up from school, drive me to dance, pick me up from school, drive me to theater, pick me up from school, drive me to basketball, things like that. Like I had, um, they, they were very reliable in that way. But I think, I mean, they were concerned as I got older because I was not like the best student and I hated school and I hated everything about like the the idea of like classes and college or university and things like that. Like I just, I hated it. I detested it. I was like, this is not for me. This pisses me off, <laughs> honestly. And um, why? My, why do you think that was? I just don't like it. Yeah. I just don't like it. I am 
I just always knew what I was going to do and what I wanted to do. And that was not that. And so for me, whether it was selfish or pompous or not, I was like, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. <laughs> and I was like, if I know what I want to do and I can make that happen, I do not want to go to college and I don't want to pay 500 million thousand dollars to just spend money when I could just be working anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so they were concerned because they wanted me to have financial security and emotional security and job security. But once I proved to be able to do that, they were completely fine. You proved to do it early. Mm -hmm. Like you won an unbelievable award. There's this famous uh, high school theater competition called the Jimmy Awards. Mm -hmm. um, you won that. And, and then you were cast in Mean Girls on Broadway when mm -hmm. you were 19, mm -hmm. making your Broadway debut. Mm -hmm. What was that like at 19? It was amazing. It was really cool. It was also really scary. Um, I, I Work is just so second nature to me that I remember not being scared about Mean Girls. I remember being scared about my boyfriend and I breaking up when I was going to start. Like, I don't think about my life as, like, my, like, Mean Girls era. I literally was like, oh, me and my, like, boyfriend at the time were, like, really going through it and we're, like, breaking up. That's what I remember. Wow. That's what I remember, yeah. It's kind of unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I never did this at the same level as you, but I used to do theater for a living as well. And I think oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think something happens when you walk into an audition room and you don't care what they think of you because yeah. you know you have what you have inside of you. Like, yeah. I think people, talented people fall off when they're really hungry for it and casting directors can tell. Mm -hmm. Do you think there was something about you in your 19-year-oldness or in your nature that just made you have that sense of like, I don't know, take it or leave it? Oh, I absolutely think so. I did not care. I don't think, I mean, I cared a lot, but yeah. I didn't give a f When it came to auditioning, from the time that I was a kid or singing or anything, I just felt like I was doubted a lot. And so I was like, I've already been doubted. Like, I have nothing to prove to you. Mm -hmm. I know who I am and I know what I want to do. And, like, if you think you're going to sit behind a table and tell me if I'm good or not and pick me apart, then I actually don't care. So, like, whatever. And I honestly think that's the only reason that I was getting jobs when I was younger because people were very confused. And they were like, oh, she doesn't feel like she owes us anything and I was like yeah no I absolutely do not I don't I don't owe you anything and you don't owe me anything mm. and this is not some transactional hierarchical like you know thing where you're gonna change my life and then you're gonna go home and make the decisions about everybody else in the business and who gets it and who doesn't no that's not it I'm auditioning for you just as much as you're auditioning for me oh I love it that's yeah. so rare for people to feel that way mm. why did you want to audition for Broadway if you wanted to be a pop star um I started doing musical theater like more seriously when I was a junior in high school and uh, my parents wanted me to go to college and they were like you can't just like do music without a you know a job you're not signed you're not doing anything mm -hmm. um you have no way to financially support yourself and you're not going to move to New York without a job um and so I was like okay well I could I could get a job and so then I started doing musical theater <laughs> seriously incredible mm -hmm. I'm going to prove to you that I can get a job on Broadway, yeah. Okay. I was like, I was like, I need, I need a, I need a, I need a place to. Live. I got to get an apartment somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine also that things get more intense when you're cast in Mindy Kaling's show, HBO's show, The Sex Lives of College Girls. Do you remember the first time that you got recognized in public for your work as an actor? Not as an actor, but I do. I remember. I remember like, 
I remember when I was a kid, I had this like singing video that like kind of did like numbers or whatever on Facebook. Ooh. And that's like what I remember <laughs> being recognized for. Somebody being like, are you that little girl that like sings? And I was like, oh, absolutely. I was like, yes, I am. Um, that's really all I remember, I think. Did you love it? I loved it, I think, but I was also very, like, scared because I was like, woo, I'm a little, like, visible, and, like, that's obviously, like, what I want. Like, I would like my art to be visible so it can be consumed and so that I can feel some sort of reward, but it's a little weird. Why? I just felt like I had no, like, wall between, like, myself and, like, how I was perceived. Yeah. And you're also a kid. Like, mm-hmm. most people get a chance to mm-hmm. develop. <laughs> or, oh, you know what I'm, I mean? I'm growing up and, and failing very publicly and succeeding very publicly. Like, I, everything is, 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 um, is out there. And that's, and that's okay. Like, I've, I've asked for that. And, you know, I'm happy to have it in a lot of ways. But sometimes it's a bit tough. What's tough about it? Just, like, the judgment without knowledge of like what's actually happening. I see like a lot of things that are like really like harsh statements about X, Y, and Z I'm doing with my life or I'm doing in my career. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, I, I hear you. However, you have literally no idea what's going on. Yet you're so sure of, of this comment that you're making about my personal life. And it really sucks. Really sucks. But I mean... I guess it's kind of the nature of the business and it's the nature of what I stepped into. Mm. So I can only be upset to a certain extent. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More of Talia Schlanger's conversation with pop star Renee Rapp after this. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let's talk about your art. I want to play something. Here we go. 15 and 16, I had to be strong. 22, I'm still scared of it all. Cause I know one day You're listening to Q, that's Renee Rapp uh, with her debut single, Tattoos. You posted it on social media. Mm -hmm. It blew up. Mm -hmm. Millions of folks listening. What's going, what do you think? You look. You have a, a very um, thoughtful look on your face right now. It's just very cool. I never. I haven't listened to that song in so long. I mean, I sing it every night, but I haven't listened to like the like um, audio of that song in mm-hmm. a very long time. And I just am like, oh wow, that was like a full year ago. I think year and some change now. 
My life has just changed so much since I released that. What's the biggest way? Mm, I have like agency over my business now. And I've I've been in a few jobs where I don't have an opinion. Uh, well, I have an opinion, but it's not respected or honored or taken into consideration. And if I have that opinion or a comment, then um, I'm just told by like a lot of men that I'm a bitch. And now I am in a position where if uh, some like middle-aged man tells me that I'm a bitch, um, they can just be let go. <laughs> and that feels really great. <laughs> is that because you're writing your own stuff? Mm-hmm. Like this is your Yeah, music? I'm, I'm writing my own stuff. I, I think that I have really great people around me. I have like an amazing support system who's helped craft like a really incredible team. I don't know. I just, I was like, I was in a lot of jobs where I was just getting a lot of from a lot of people and it's not that I don't get that now I just don't have to keep those people around mm. where prior I felt like I needed to be around and I I needed those people in order to like lift me up and I don't need that anymore was well, that part of the nature of doing your own music versus doing other people's shows mm-hmm. like I think that there's a huge because when you're doing mean girls or you know you're singing words that somebody else has written you have creative autonomy to Mm -hmm. a degree but you're still you have a director that you answer to that director has producers you know there are people whose vision you are executing totally which is great and that's a that's like an art form that i love so much and means so much to me Mm -hmm. i just the art form is great but when the personalities and the people are are not great and like if you're being harmed then i actually don't care how much i love the art form I don't. I used to. I don't now. Mm. Don't care. Is that something you've seen a lot of, like people suffering for their art in mm-hmm. in that world? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You have a debut album out now. Mm-hmm. You're a pop star. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How does it compare to what you thought that that might be like back when it was something that you thought you wanted as a kid? <laughs> well, um, I think when I was a kid, I was like, oh, the second I stop working, my life is going to get so much better. And I'm going to have so much less anxiety and I'm not going to hate myself as much. And da, 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 da. And though I think a lot of the things changed where I feel much more sure of myself. And I think that comes from like, you know, external validation becoming like internal validation, which is not great in a way, but is also human. Mm. Um, also, like none of your like anxieties or little things that you dislike about yourself or make your life a little bit more difficult, so to say, um, those like don't go away. Like you actually still have to deal with those even in the like biggest successful moments and the worst failure moments. So I still feel exactly the same as I did when I was a kid. I just feel like people actually listen to me now. Mm. I felt very like not understood or or like heard as a child. I feel like everybody was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like this like little girl from like North Carolina is gonna do like what? You know what I mean? Mm. And so now, um, it's very empowering. Um, I also feel like I have a lot to prove. So yeah, there's a dichotomy I'm hearing between like the utter confidence that we talked about at the start mm-hmm. of this, and also just the the sort of self doubt that you're referencing in little little bits and absolutely and they both like exist at the same time on the same speed does it ever feel like the the fear or the insecurity will overcome the other um it does but it's interesting because even when it feels like that i i have always just been like man but it doesn't matter i'm still gonna fucking do it we've got time just to talk about one more song i don't want to talk about the song uh pretty girls before mm-hmm. before you go mm-hmm. anything you want to tell me about that one 
Uh, well, Pretty Girls is like a universal experience, I think, for like a lot of queer people. I, I mean, this happens to me all the time. Anytime like one of my like straight friends is like drunk, they're like, I think that we could be in love. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, cool. That's perfect. Um, and I love to be hit on. So it's flattering and I really enjoy it, but it's also like a little weird and sometimes can be this like objectifying sort of like hypersexualized nature. Then there's also the other half of it, which is like I probably did that to somebody when I was younger and I didn't understand who I was oh. and I was trying to figure out who I was. So it is a double edged sword. It is a double edged sword and it really depends on who that person is and what their intentions are. And a lot of times you don't know that. And sometimes they don't even know that. Oh, that's so interesting. Like mm-hmm. the the line between somebody who's sort of like making sexuality a cartoon, like Absolutely. being like, oh, you know, like I, yeah. I'm in love with you versus like making space because maybe somebody's actually grappling with their 100%. own feelings of, of being gay and not knowing how to act 100%. On it. And it's really, I mean, I think it's like, absolutely impossible to have like a catch-all answer for everything because everything has so many different like levels like I am I am arguably the most like palatable gay person on the planet because I'm like a cis white girl who's bisexual so I still have the opportunity to be in like heteronormative relationships Mm -hmm. and things like that Mm -hmm. so it depends on the severity of how the group or lack thereof of people that you identify with are oppressed or taken advantage of. And so it's case by case. Hmm. Do you mind throwing to the song uh, Pretty Girls for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. Okay, yes. awesome. Guys, I'm Renee Rapp and this is Pretty Girls. You say that I'm your favorite With your hand between my thighs Tell me if you were gonna That I would be the one you try So you inch a little closer Say your boyfriend he wouldn't mind It's Renee Rapp with her song Pretty Girls. Renee Rapp's debut album Snow Angel is out now. And if you're a Mean Girls fan... She is starring in a brand new film adaptation of the Mean Girls musical. That movie is out next January. That is it for this episode of Q. The other episode we have up today is my conversation in front of a live audience with the co-founder of the band Broken Social Scene, Kevin Drew. We talk about the early days of the band, co-founding the record label Arts and Crafts, and about his new album, Aging. Go check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.